0: I must say this morning that I really feel like we've really ministered to one another in a way that's gone a step beyond uh, other times and I I just am so encouraged in the Lord just to be in in the company of God's people this morning it's it's a good place to be this morning Um, God is with us he's at work among us and uh... we are experiencing that uh, just in the praises together uh, with you and your attitude toward the Lord Jesus Christ this morning Is the right attitude to have To lift him up and to praise him and to honor him and to, to love him You know that's why we're commanded to, to come together Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together As some are in the habit of doing Rather come together and spur one another on to love What love? Love the Lord with all of your heart and love one another That's what uh, we come together to do And then it says especially Especially as you see the days Drawing near for the Lord to return And I, I just feel like there's that kind of atmosphere Where we are Where God is moving our hearts Toward a preparation for His coming He is coming soon It could be today But He is coming soon And so it's, it's a real encouragement And I, I want to share with you that another encouragement This morning to me that, that I've been Able to enjoy uh, for a long time And I just never found the right opportunity to share it with you but but it it i i think will will strengthen you and help you as well Um, the holy spirit really encouraged me again today uh, to remind me that that he's in total charge and total control of what's going on and um, we know that we we believe that but it's really good to experience that and and to know in our hearts that that's true and and one of the things that, that is a really, uh, an amazing gift to me, which really strengthens me on a weekly basis, is, um, you know, obviously I've been preparing for what I'm going to say to you, and God has been, been working over my heart, and I know where this is going and all of that. And, and um, you know, we have a little bit of interaction with our team with res- respect to Sunday, but, but not a lot. I mean, Pastor Steve and I connect a little bit, and uh, he knows somewhat what we're doing, but, but not a lot. And, uh, and so for me, to, to be part of the worship service and to, to hear and, and to participate in where God has taken Pastor Steve and his leadership and, 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 and the worship leader. And then, and then where, where God has taken Pastor Calvin in the emphasis of his prayer and, and what he's laid out. And, and you couldn't know this, but, but I'm, I'm sitting back thinking... Man, you, you guys are like right on the money You are, you are using phrases and, and, and sections of scripture And the realities of where God has been working my heart over And where we're going to go And, and uh, it just is such a, a, a boost to know that, that God is in charge of this He is moving us along And he has choreographed this whole service And basically he says to me on a Sunday by Sunday basis I got you covered, Rick Like, Don't worry about it, I got you covered and, uh, and uh, that's such a, um, I mean, you try and come up here and stand in front of all these people and talk on a given Sunday. You need some extra stuff like the Lord saying, I got you covered. Don't worry. Relax. You'll be okay. Just tell them what I worked your heart over this week because that's where we're going. So uh, let's pray. Father, um, we are in t- an anticipation of what you have for us from your word now. And so our hearts are ready. Our hearts are ready to hear from you. We are are like um, we're hungry and we're, we're panting for the, the word of God as a deer thirsts for the, uh, the, the pure and fresh waters, So our hearts are thirsty for you, O oh Lord. And um, so I pray that you would be pleased to open up your heart to us, Father. Pray that you would show us in your word um, the greatness of who you are and, and what you want us to know and 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 uh, and do and be I pray in Jesus name and for his sake amen well the Pharisees came up to Jesus one day and said teacher we want a miraculous sign from you and um, if you know the, the text you will know that the next response from Jesus was And can you imagine getting this response? Only a wicked and adulterous generation asks for a miraculous sign. How's that for an answer? Wow. And he said, then he went on to say to them, there will be no sign given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. How's that for your miraculous sign? And that's what he said. Would you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12 this morning, please? That's the text that I've just shared with you. I think most of us know that one of the human characteristics that all of us fight or know about is the search for Something better all the time. We want the best price. We want the best look. We want the best show We want a better show. We want the best guarantee. We want a better deal That's what we're like and so the Pharisees came to him and said hey, we want a better show You know, you've been wandering around here in Jerusalem, but but we're looking for a better show and maybe if you give us a better show We'll put our trust in you You know Uh, That's not uh, just the characteristic of 2,000 years ago. That rears its head in our lives, in the lives of the church world. People wandering around saying, Where's a better show? If I can find a better show, that's where I'm going to camp, calling out, Where's that better show? Uh, And a significant amount of church growth strategy is predicated, frankly, On people's appetites for novel, for a big splash, for a better show. To be lured away from the present setting that they find themselves in. And Jesus says, people with broken marriages, that's who he called them, an adulterous generation. People with broken marriages are just looking for a quick fix to either excuse their bad behavior, or somehow give them an easy fix on their relationship that will still allow them to be self-centered and have all that they want. That's why he called them an adulterous generation. He was describing the characteristics of an adulteress or adulterer. And um, the bottom line is he's saying to them, you don't really want the rigors of the reality of the relationship that I'm offering you just want entertainment you just want some sort of spectacle that you intend by the way to explain away anyway he was talking of course to individuals who knew the Old Testament scriptures surely as he was saying this thing about signs and wonders and the spectacle of a miraculous sign and Telling them that in fact you don't really you wouldn't really receive it. Well, you just explain it away. He was Convinced I'm sure that they were thinking back to the time of uh, of pharaoh It was Pharaoh who Moses presented himself to and and God says um, I'm going to display some pretty amazing things to this guy. But I will harden his heart. And he won't believe it anyway. He he won't buy into it anyway. His heart won't change and be inclined to follow me anyway. And so it was true. Miraculous sign after miraculous sign. and And Pharaoh hardened his heart toward God. So... We need to appreciate though that jesus said there is one Sign that I will give you And that is the sign The one great proof sign the sign of the prophet Jonah I want to um Look at that this morning with you in a little more detail for a few moments The nice thing about it is we're not coming into this text cold you've been with us for a couple of weeks you've been learning about Jonah so as soon as you hear this the sign of Jonah our ears perk up hey I know something about that and so did they this is the uh the great proof sign I want to look at it from three angles this morning it's the once for all sign so I'm not going to give you a bunch of miraculous signs but I'm going to give you this one I'm going to allow you to have this one and this is it And by the way, Jesus was saying to us, if this isn't enough, then the mercy and pardon of Christ will pass you by. The sign of Jonah. The first is this. Before um, Jonah even rejected God's command, if you remember. Before he even rejected God's command, God was preparing the deliverance of Jonah. I mean, think about this. This didn't catch God off, off guard as he, as he comes to Jonah and says, I have, a, I have a mission for you, Jonah. You're a prophet. prophet should go and preach the gospel. I'm going to send you to Nineveh. It, it, it didn't catch God off guard that Jonah suddenly said no and turned tail and, and got on a boat and went to Tarshish. It was no surprise to God. Now I, think about, I want you to think for a few moments about God, the sovereign God of the universe, engineering what he, he wanted to do with this runaway prophet. He's already planned in his mind that he's going to have a great storm come on the sea. And and he's already designed the the idea of a great fish. And he's already put in that great fish GPS coordinates of where that fish needed to be at a particular time, in a given week, in a given moment, when a man was going to be thrown overboard and he was going to drift down into the sea at a precise spot where a great fish needed to swallow him. You thought about that? Now, I don't want you to think about that as just uh, unique to Jonah's life. I want you to realize that this is true of our lives and our relationship with a sovereign God. You're not caught off guard by anything in your life. And so, even before Jonah knew what he was going to do or the decision he was going to make, Or the storm that he was going to be engaged in. Or being thrown overboard into the sea. God had already prepared a great fish to save him. And so the first of the signs of Jonah is that God is at work saving even before we hope for it. Now um, that's what led Jonah to say once he was in the belly of the fish. Salvation comes from the Lord. I mean, if anyone knew it by experience, it was Jonah. Drowning, falling down into the sea, going down to the very bottom, thinking that the bottom of the sea was going to be his prison forever. And he gets swallowed by a fish. Salvation comes from the Lord. He didn't ask for a fish. He didn't even know what to ask for. It says, just, oh God, save me. If we were to um, take a journey for a few moments and understand the nature of our sovereign God and what he has done in salvation, we would turn to places like Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. As Peter preached Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know now listen this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan. Yes, listen to me. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ was not an idea that was dreamed up by the Romans and and, and suddenly God was playing catch-up ball. No, this was by the deliberate plan of God and foreknowledge and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross even before you or i hoped for salvation the living god had already deliberately planned the means of our salvation now you might need to hear more about you we've heard about god and about christ and How he planned all of that but but listen to the things about you Ephesians chapter 1 3 to 6 praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ for he chose us in him before the creation of the world he'd already set in place the coordinates of your response to the gospel of Jesus Christ even before you hoped to be saved To be holy and blameless in his sight in love he predestined us for Adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious gra- grace Which he has freely given us in the one he loves for those God foreknew or lovingly knew about even before you knew about yourself he also predestined to become conformed Romans 8:29 to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and those he predestined he also called and those he called he also justified and those he justified he also glorified you see Romans 6 Verse 6, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, without hope, not hoping for salvation we didn't even know about salvation christ died for us and since we have now been justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from god's wrath through him for if while we were god's enemies We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through this life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. In the sovereign, electing, foreknowing plan of God, the GPS was set. Before those little kids came to vacation Bible school this week. Before they even hoped for salvation. Before they even knew about salvation. The Lord Jesus Christ died for them. Crucified that they might have salvation. By responding in faith to the living God. Who prompted their hearts and drew them to himself. That's the amazing truth of of salvation. That's the sign of Jonah. Before Jonah even knew he needed to be saved, God had already orchestrated the mechanism of his deliverance. That's an amazing truth. That lifts all of the boasting from us. This is all about the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for us. That's why the Apostle Paul says, we preach Christ crucified. In 1st Corinthians Um, In in fact um, He says there before He says the Jews Are always looking for a miraculous sign And the Greeks are always Looking for wisdom But he says but we Preach Christ Crucified And the reason we preach Christ crucified he goes on to say Is because the message of Christ is the power Of God and the wisdom of god in response to those who long for miraculous signs and wonders paul says i preach christ crucified because that is the ultimate sign and miracle and wonder that jesus christ the god of heaven he would come and live among us and willingly give his life for us That's the power of God to save. You can look at all the signs and wonders and miracles you like, but they won't change your heart. But the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and putting your faith in Christ will change your heart. That's the great sign, the sign of Jonah, Jesus says. And so we preach him. While we were running away from God, just like Jonah was running away from God, God pursues us. And arrests our attention and changes our hearts so that we will turn and respond to him. He opens our blind eyes. He unstops our deaf ears. He raises us up from being dead in our trespasses and sins. And he heals us of the killer of our lives, sin. We've been set free, stronger, stronger. Christ is stronger. Sin is broken. And we've been saved. That's the first angle of the sign of Jonah But there is more I Want you to know by the way before we leave here in light of all of this in light of understanding this and Knowing that before you were saved you were far away from God and you were alienated from salvation I want you to take heart about those people who might be around you who you love and care about the co-workers you 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 concern yourself about and pray about those who look to you like they are so far away from god do not give up on them the truth of the gospel says while we were yet enemies christ died for us so you look around at those who are enemies of god and don't give up on them continue to pray for them continue to live out christ before them Because before we knew him, he loved us and died for us and had planned to save us. Well, I want you to notice as well that Jonah gained his freedom from drowning certain death by becoming captive prey of God's appointed deliverer. Have you thought about that? Because that's the truth. As Jonah is thrown overboard into the water... And is about to drown. He is swallowed by a fish. A great fish it says in the Bible. And so his deliverance is to become captive to a deliverer. A great fish. Now that's not generally how we think about being saved. Or how we think about freedom. But I want you to to realize that the fish... Was Jonah's good news. True? When you're drowning and you have no other options, any option's a good option. And so the fish was Jonah's good news. You know, we hear a lot of complaining about Jonah as we're reading through his little prophet book there. But one complaint we never read about he never complains about that fish. Not one time does he ever complain about that fish. Why not? Because it was that captivity That saved him It was being captured By that great fish deliverer That saved him And kept him alive And I want you to know the second angle on this sign of the prophet Jonah is this That freedom Can be gained through captivity In fact that's generally The message of the gospel Our salvation is a deliverance of captivity by the one who is freeing us. We have become captive to Christ. Listen, in Romans chapter 6, verse 22. But now that you have been set free from your sin. That's what we've been set free from. We haven't been set free just to live random lives. We've been set free from what was killing us. And what would eternally kill us. We've been set free from sin and have become what you all know we become what? Slaves of God that sounds like captivity language to me But it's good captivity Freedom can be gained through captivity The captivity of our deliverer the benefit you reap To this captivity being slave to God leads to holiness And the result is something we all long for, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you see this? Do you understand the nature of this? We we were once formerly slaves to sin, captive to sin. We were once formerly slaves to ourselves, we were captive to ourselves. We have been freed from ourselves, we've been freed from our sin, but we are captive to Christ. We have become slaves to Christ, and that sets in motion a a reality of how we ought to live our lives. Uh, Romans, um, as I just read to you, 6.22, listen to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know? That your bodies are the temp- are temples of the Holy Spirit Who is in you, whom you have received from God You are not your own You were bought at a price Therefore honor God with your bodies You know when that fi- great fish came and swallowed up Jonah I think he finally came to the realization That he wasn't in charge of his life It was finally like Okay, if I could I'd wave a white flag in here But I can't find one This fish might have swallowed one But I can't see It's dark I can't see a thing in here But I'm finally waving Okay God I surrender I give up I'm captive To my deliverance Although he didn't even know He was going to be delivered yet Do you remember what John the Baptist's message was? Repent For the kingdom of God is near And he, of course, was preaching this sermon that Isaiah the prophet had already preached in Isaiah 40, which was make straight the way of the Lord. Now, I want you to follow with me here. And as Jesus came along, he said the same thing. Jesus preached the same message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, what's he talking about when he's talking about kingdom? When you're talking about kingdom, you're also talking about king. And if the kingdom of heaven is near, that means the king is near. And Jesus was speaking like that because he was presenting himself as the king. And when we think of kingdoms, we think of requirements of being in that kingdom. When we think of kings, we think of what does it mean to be subject to a king? And so Jesus in the same... Uh, message as he was preaching about the truth and reality of discipleship said that unless you forsake all unless you deny yourself and follow me you cannot be my disciple and then he gives an illustration in Luke chapter 14 he gives an illustration this way he says suppose that you have an army of 10,000 people and you are now going to the battlefield and you are going to face an army of 20,000 people with a strong king What is the sensible thing to do? The sensible thing to do is to sue for terms of peace. The idea is to say, I'm up against a great king with 20,000 soldiers. I only have 10,000 soldiers. The intelligent thing to do is to surrender and ask for terms of peace. And that's what the kingdom of God is near actually means. The Christ the King has presented himself to us and says to us all, repent, turn from yourself and your sin and turn to become captive to my kingdom and my kingship and learn what it is to make straight the way of the Lord. Learn what it is to live according to the king's ways. That's the message of Jonah. As he was being transported along on that deliverance machine that was made by God. He was no longer in charge of his life. God was totally in charge of his life and had already established, I'm the sovereign God. I'm the king of the universe. I run the waves. I run the wind. And I run great fish. And I'm running your life. And you're going to go where I want you to go for my glory's sake. And that's the sign of Jonah in terms of the second angle, that freedom is gained through captivity. Disciples interpret life for each other according to the king's ways. That's what our discipleship pathways are with one another. We look at each other and say, hey, we're following the king, and this is the way the king wants us to live. And we, ch- we challenge each other. We spur one another on to, to love and good works according to the king's way. That's how we live. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. In the same way that Jesus concludes that sermon about the 10,000 20,000 this way in the same way any of you who doesn't give up everything he has cannot be my disciple and so the second angle of this sign is the preaching of repentance the preaching of repentance. It's first the, we preach Christ crucified, and we preach the same message as Christ: the preaching of repentance. This is the sign to deny ourselves and follow the commands of Christ. And Christ said, or and Christ said in his message to the Pharisees, the Ninevites who responded to the message of repentance will will um, be critique critics uh, of your choice not to respond to the message in that day in the final day of salvation so freedom is gained through our captivity there's a third angle to this whole sign of Jonah and uh... it is this um... when we're thinking about Jonah uh, and uh... The, the fish and when the fish swallowed him up i think any bystander would say hey you know what when there's a feeding frenzy around a great fish and he swallows a man that guy ain't coming back is, is that kind of what, what you would normally look at I mean you go into that fish And we're not going to see you again That's the normal way of thinking And jesus says to them this just as jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights And then came out So will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth Now if they were paying any attention and listening They were realizing that this third angle to the sign of Jonah is this, that a place of death can become a place of deliverance and life. We expected, if we didn't know the whole story, for Jonah to die inside of that fish. And all of the people who were witnessing the crucifixion and burial of Jesus expected that that was the end of Jesus as well. Because when someone goes into a tomb, they aren't coming back. This was the powerful message that Jesus was preaching He was preaching that the place of death Was going to become The place of deliverance and life Remember this That even his disciples didn't believe That he had come out of the tomb Do you remember when the two Marys and Joanna And Luke chapter 24 and 11 Went to see the, the, the disciples They said hey we've seen the master I said you're crazy you, There's no way He went into the place of death When people go into the place of death, they don't come out alive That's the end You know, um, the place of death, of course, to those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ Is a reminder of their fear of death Particularly if you're older You know, the more funerals that lost people go to the more afraid of death they become The younger people, they, uh, they don't generally go to funerals They're not invited to funerals They don't know anybody who died And so they Even more dangerously Kind of live lives denying death There's these two possible ways, you either have the fear of death Or you live with a denial of death And either way As as one writer put it Each of these two things leads people tragically to death promoting behaviors and you see this all around us What do people do with death? How do they try to deal with death whether they fear it or they deny it they? They're addicted to substance abuse or moral reckless behavior or just reckless living period That's how they choose to respond to their denial of death or their fear of death. But this great powerful message of Jesus, the preaching of Jesus Christ, is Christ died. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. And he rose again to life. That the place of death became a place of life, a place of deliverance. The powerful message of Jesus Christ. This is the sign. Just as Jonah emerged alive from the great fish, he says to the Pharisees, so will I emerge from the heart of the earth. Christ stomped all over the place of death. I love the way the Apostle Paul writes it. Death has been swallowed up by victory. When I I think about that, I think about the Jonah thing. Death has been swallowed up by victory because God intends to raise us from the dead as well, those who belong to Him. That's the powerful message of uh, of Jonah, the hope of Christ now and the promise of resurrection to come. So we preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ buried. We preach Christ resurrected. We preach Christ as the King. We preach the message of repentance. Follow Christ the King and get on the King's way. That's the only sign that this generation will receive. We have all kinds of people out there chasing signs and wonders. We have all kinds of people out there chasing signs of the times. Can't we listen to Jesus for once? Jesus said, you're not getting any of that. You're getting one sign. It's the sign of the prophet Jonah. It's the sign of the crucified, buried, and resurrected Son of God. That's your sign. That's the sensation of Christianity. That's the big ticket item. That's what we preach. That's what we glory, glory in the Lord over. That's what 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 strengthens our lives. The main sign until Christ comes. And I want you to know, beloved, that around us, there are people who continue to keep explaining away that truth, or reinterpreting the plain message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, ignoring God's handiwork in creation, and His mercy work in salvation, and put themselves beyond the reach of God's pardon. And I want to say to you that the churches or people that continue to cater to those people simply looking for a better show are not churches that are making disciples. They're just making consumers. And that's what the Pharisees wanted to be. They just wanted another great show. And Jesus Christ said, I'll not be a great show. I'm not in show business. I'm in the business of saving people's lives. I'm in the deliverance business. I will save you while you are still my enemy. I, I, will, I will take you from captivity to sin self, and I'll put you as captive to my great love. I'll take you from your fear of death, or your denial of death, or your concern about the place of death, and i will turn it into a place of deliverance and life that's the message that's what our table celebration is all about this morning of us having the courage and being encouraged and know that the gospel message is the power of god unto salvation to them who believe that's our message our father and our god the sign of the prophet jonah Is Jesus Christ the one who died for us that we might be saved the one who is buried that we might have victory over sin and self the one who rose from the grave that we might have eternal life father I thank you for that great sign the enduring sign The one that has been preached for these past 2,000 years and is the message that saves people's lives by faith in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord God, I pray this morning, as we are in this great assembly of people and our heads are bowed, is there anyone here this morning, I'm, I'm looking around, but nobody else is, Is there anyone in here this morning that would say, I have never understood the message of salvation before. I've been an enemy of Christ. I've been running away from him. But today I have heard the call from the king to repent, to turn from my ways and follow his ways. And follow him and receive him as Savior and Lord of my life. Is there anyone in this room this morning that would say, Count me in? Would you raise your hand wherever you are and say, Count me in? I want salvation. I need this salvation. I've been an enemy of Christ, but today I understand the message. Is there anyone here this morning? Yes, I, yes, okay, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Our Father and our God, you are a saving God. And I thank you for reaching into these two hearts this morning who will respond to your message and are stepping forward and saying, we want to be in the King's way. We want to follow Jesus Christ, the King, the Lord of glory, and have Him change our lives, and take our lives that we're... Dead in trespasses and sins and make them alive in Christ Jesus. So father. Thank you for your saving work. I Pray this in Jesus name and for his sake Amen Beloved The Lord Jesus Christ doesn't intend to save people by means of a sideshow And our great God is more than capable, capable of doing miraculous things and does. But the great sign that is promised to us is the preaching of Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected. That's the power of the gospel. That's the great sign we have to bring to people. Our great sign is Jesus Christ. He's the one, and he's the great sign in this age until the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise. And Jesus himself is the final sign who comes to get us to be with him this is the sign the sign of Christ preach it with confidence proclaim it with vigor have great security and confidence that you are bringing the greatest message if you bring the simple gospel to people's lives because it is the power of God it is the wisdom of God Those that look for signs, those that look for wisdom, should look to Jesus Christ. He is the power of God. He is the wisdom of God. He is the be all and end all. Our Father and our God, we've come to worship you this morning, and we have. You are an amazing God. We love you. We praise you. And we thank you for our salvation. Thank you for the message of the cross. Thank you for Jesus Christ, who loved us enough that he would die for us while we were yet enemies of his. He died for us. That we might be delivered and saved through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.